I too would like to welcome everyone out to the services this morning, especially like to welcome our visitors. We appreciate you being here with us today. As Tim mentioned earlier, we had our annual youth retreat, I guess, this weekend is what you want to call it. I understand everything went smooth and everyone had a great time and we pray that we learned a little bit about God's Word. I want to thank the deacons and, and their wives for planning and coordinating that. If you didn't have a young person go, the topic this year was that of doctrine. Our young people today are being bombarded with false doctrine. And knowing the truth and ultimately being able to defend that truth is vital for the future of God's kingdom. So I want to thank all the young people and their parents for showing interest in participating this weekend. You know, this false information or false doctrine and false prophets our children are hearing and being subjected to is overwhelming at times. And brethren, as parents, we should be aware of what's going on. And I know we always talk about what goes on in school, and yes, it's school, but it's not just school, and it's not just basic and, and fundamental doctrine. We as a society have chosen to change the Word of God, and we've chosen to change God. We read His Word, we don't like what it says, so we change it. A couple of weeks ago, Tim spoke on Sodom and Gomorrah. He talked of the sin of sexual immorality, specifically homosexuality. Parents, do you know the arguments that are used against doctrine, against your children? You should know those arguments. One of the arguments is, well, I know what the, what the Old Testament says, but Jesus never condemned homosexuality. He never said the word in the New Testament, so it must be okay. But it really doesn't matter the subject, whether you're talking about a specific sin the world is trying to justify, or whether you're talking about disobeying God in regards to doctrine. It seems there's always the catch-all argument that is made. And Zach kind of touched on it the other night on Wednesday. If God is a loving God, he would not fill in the blank. If God is truly a loving God, he would not send anyone to hell. So everyone's saved. I like this one. Not sure what it means. God is a God of the modern world. He would understand the need for this particular sin. God loves everyone, therefore he loves the homosexual and the transgenders, and therefore through that love he has to accept their sinful behavior. I understand it. Didn't say to worship that away, but he didn't say we couldn't. I heard a girl make this statement. I serve a God who loves me and who does not judge me. Brethren, we can talk and preach on every sin known to man. We can talk of ideology taught in school, learned on the internet and TV. But you know what the reality is? The reality is, when you hear some of these things mentioned, such as, my God would never, the reality is very simple. They don't know God. I serve a God who does not judge. No, you do not. If you're serving a God that does not judge, you're serving a false God. My God would never. You better double check that. You better get to know your God a little bit before you make that statement. I can't believe a loving God would ever do such and such. Folks, you may not believe it due to a lack of knowing God. You may not believe it, 
but it does not make it less true. A popular term used today is a false narrative. Brethren, religion and faith in general in society has a false narrative and it's all due to failing to know God. Do you know God this morning? Do you understand the importance of knowing God? Do you understand the more I know God, the more I will understand His desires and His will for me? The more I know God, the closer I am to Him. The more I know God, the more I can begin to understand His will for me. I may not fully understand, but I can begin to understand. Do you understand how harmful and sinful it is to attempt to make God into something that He is not? As society, what we're doing is we're trying to change God instead of changing ourselves. We are trying to change God instead of our sinful behavior. Jesus didn't specifically say the word transgender. Jesus would accept that sinful person for who they are. They are changing our Lord and Savior instead of changing their sinful life. You can't change God. You cannot change the I am. You cannot change Jesus. Malachi 3 and 6, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob, are not consumed. James 1 and 17, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Brethren, we have to stop trying to change our God and just get to know Him. Because the reality is there is only one God, there is only one Creator, there is one I Am, there is one Alpha and Omega. There is only one Jesus. And we have but one Savior who died on the cross, rose again for you and for me. And brethren, that is the unchanging truth. 1 Timothy 2 and 5, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Isaiah 44 and 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last, and beside me there is no God. Isaiah 45 and 18, For thus saith the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it, he created it not in vain, he he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is none else. Mark 12 and 29, And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Deuteronomy 4 and 35, 6 and 4, 32 and 39, 2 Samuel 7 and 22, 1 Kings 8 and 60. I could go on and on and on. There is only one God. It does not matter what others say or believe. This is the truth. And He is the God that we worship and serve today. We've recently started studying 2 Peter on Wednesday nights. If I'm not mistaken, I believe Zoe had the first chapter in that. And everyone has heard or read that chapter uh, countless times. They make signs to put them in your home. You know, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue what? Knowledge. And to knowledge temperance, and so on. Starting in verse 2, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We need to know our God. We need to know our Savior. 
Jeremiah 9, starting in verse 23, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercises loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Do you know your God this morning? Well, then again, if we don't know God, it would be impossible to obey him. It would be impossible to serve him and love him. John 17 and 3, And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Brethren, your salvation is based on truly knowing your God and having a personal relationship with him and understanding your God is not the one that needs to change. The word know here is an ongoing and growing knowledge and obedience to God that starts now. You do not wait until the day of judgment when you stand face to face before your God and try to have a personal relationship with him. Now I'll tell you what's sad. When we as his people make our faith and our relationship with him just a habit or something that we are expected to do because that's what mom and daddy told us when we were little. And, brother, I want you to think about this for a moment because I believe if you think back in your life, at least I can, if you think back in your life, you probably have had times where you're going through the motions. That might be you right now. Are you here this morning going through the motions? Or are you trying to get to know your God? Are you anxious? Are you sad, depressed, overwhelmed? Are you lacking peace? What did we just read in Peter? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. How many of you have ever wondered or doubted your salvation? How many of you have thought, man, I'm, I'm just too bad a person for him to save? I'm beyond that. Brothers and sisters, you don't know your Jesus, and you don't know your God, because if you did, there would be no doubt in his blood. My dad had a client or co-worker, you could ask Rick, I don't know which one it was, but he had a statement, he said, most of us have just enough religion to make us miserable. Brothers, some of us have just enough knowledge of God to be miserable. We don't really know him, and we don't have a relationship with him. Our God is not our God. Our God has become an acquaintance. Our God is the neighbor down the street that we say hi to every day, but if we miss him for a week or so, it's really no loss. You know, I have friends that I literally went to school with from first grade all the way through high school, went to college with some of them. And Lori keeps up with them on Facebook. That's about it. I see them at the reunions. When I see them, man, we give each other big hugs. We have a great time. But you know what the reality is? My desire and my need to have them in my life, for whatever reason, is, it's just not there. And all of us have friends like that, acquaintances like that. Some of us have either watered down that relationship or have grown it past that stage with our God. And I'll tell you something else we do concerning our relationship with our Heavenly Father. We pick and choose when and where we're going to have this relationship. Let me give you an example. Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, man, 
my relationship is pretty solid with God. But I forget about the other 164 plus hours during the week. Or we have the only when I need him relationship. Boy, my prayer life really increases when I need that new job. When I'm struggling financially, me and God get pretty close. When a loved one is sick, that's when I turn to him. And brethren, please do not mistake what I'm saying. We should turn to him in those times. He instructs us to turn to him in those times. You need him. But sometimes we make him more of a God of convenience. He should be our God all the time. Again, what if you had a loved one that the only time that you heard from them is when they needed something? The only time that they would spend time with you and get to know you is when they wanted something. The relationship with your Heavenly Father, the relationship with your Lord and Savior is not a part-time gig. Your God wants you all the time. And brethren, quite frankly, we should desire to have that same relationship with Him every second of our lives. When my wife is in treatment next week, I want my God present. I need that more than you can possibly imagine. When my kids call me after a shift and tell me something they did at work, they saved somebody, they they got a promotion, whatever the case is, I need my God there too. I need to share that with Him. I know He knows, but He needs to know I recognize Him as the giver of that. I need Him to know that I'm grateful and want Him there to experience that with me because He's my Father. But, brother, again, so often we push him out of our lives instead of inviting him in. And please notice, I said push him out. We never have to pull him back in. You will never have to pull him in. He is longing and desiring to be in your life and have this relationship with you. A relationship where you know your God. Knowing your God is simply growing in your faith. You are moving from milk to meat. Hebrews 5 and 12, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Knowing your God is maturing in your faith. Knowing your God is is desiring that relationship with and knowing his will for you. Knowing your God is faithfully loving and obeying him. If you love me, keep my commandments. C.S. Lewis once stated this about the Psalms. There in the Psalms, I find an experience fully God-centered, asking of God no gift more urgently than his presence. The gift of himself. Joyous to the highest degree and unmistakably real. What I see, so to speak, in the faces of these old poets tells me more about the God whom they and we adore. I want you to listen to David. I want you to hear his desire and longing to know his God. Psalm 63, starting in verse 1. O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life. 
My lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. That's a relationship where you desire nothing more than to be in your Father's presence. Urgently, at all times. That should be our goal. So I guess the obvious question is, how do we get to know our God? God told Israel in Jeremiah 29 and 13, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. Brethren, we have to seek him. We have to make the effort. This is not something that just happens with no effort. What does it say? With all your heart. You've got to put your heart into it. You've got to be all in. You have to be deliberate. To know God is to love God. And as we've studied love here many times in the past, love is a choice and we have to choose God. Brother, that is what our faith is really all about. A choice to follow Him. A choice to love and keep His commandments. A choice, a deliberate decision to know our God. This does not happen by accident. We have to be all in. In order to go all in, in order to start this more mature and loving relationship with our Heavenly Father, in order to know my God, my first thought is that we should ask for help. And we should pray to Him. To let our desires be made known to Him. To let Him know with all my heart, Lord, I'm seeking You. God, I want this relationship with You. I want You in my life. I no longer want a part-time relationship with You. I do not want to be a part-time Christian. I am Yours and You are mine. I desire Your presence more than anything. Maybe we turn back to David for advice. Lord, I need my whole heart in this, and I'm searching for you. Psalms 139, 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, give me the desire that I struggle with at times to seek you. Give me the ability to search for you and to understand you. You know, I think so often as we pray, we think of God and we get all formal, which I'm not saying we shouldn't be respectful, but this is your Father. A Father that wants a personal relationship with you. He wants you to get to know Him. Brother, ask for His help. Lord, I don't know how. Help me. For some reason, I think of Solomon asking for wisdom. Because you asked for wisdom. You didn't ask for anything else. You didn't ask for your health. You didn't ask for more money. You asked for an understanding heart so that you could better serve. That's what you'll receive. God, give me desire. The heart and the longing to know you so I can better serve you. Better obey you and love you more in the next breath than I did the last breath. God's desire, His will, is to have a tight, loving relationship with you. If your heart is true, and this is your desire, your God will deliver. 
You know, as you know, me and Lori received her diagnosis at the end of last year, and she probably don't want me sharing this, but I will. Taught me a lesson. Of course, my prayers immediately went to healing, which, by the way, we should be asking for that, and we appreciate all of your prayers. Lori's first prayer, and continues to be her prayer today, is, God, if this is your will for me, I accept it, no matter what the outcome, but I pray you use it for your glory. Brother, it took me a little bit to... To utter those same words, but that's our prayer now, along with healing. And I will tell you, that has began a peace in this journey that I cannot describe. Lori has mentioned how just through that single prayer, with all her heart, she's grown closer to her God. She's gaining that knowledge in her God. I'll let you in on a little secret. God loves to be loved. That is his desire. Have you ever really thought about that? God, the creator of all things, the I am, the one who knows everything about you because he designed you, the God that could literally have or do anything, his desire is that you love him. How humbling is that? You have something within you that he desires, your love. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools we have, and we neglect it. Brother, when you're building a relationship with your Heavenly Father, this has to be a priority. Oftentimes, we stand up here, myself included, folks, you need to pray with no guidance. I want to encourage you to try something. Set up a time to pray three times a day. Remember, we are trying to deliberately establish a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Three times a day. This is not something I made up. Psalms 55, David prayed three times a day. Daniel 6, Daniel prayed three times a day. Let's just start there. Young people, make that a habit right now. It will literally change your life. But don't do it just because you're supposed to. Pray and have a conversation with your God because you are intentionally and deliberately trying to build a relationship with Him. Go into it with that mindset. I want to know you. Brethren, this is tried and true. You may find yourself struggling on what to pray for at times. I would like to make a suggestion for inspiration, if you will. Because I too have struggled with this. Start your morning with a reading in Psalms. I believe this has always helped me get my heart right, not only for prayer, but for the day. But again, we are trying to get to know God, so remember to pray for His desire, for our desire and guidance. Matthew 7 and 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Ask, seek, and knock. The only way to truly know someone It's to learn things about them. What makes them tick, I guess. If I'm going to get to know an individual, I may want to ask certain questions. Hey, do you attend church anywhere? Are you married? Do you have kids? What do you do for a living? What are some of your hobbies? Getting to know someone shows a certain amount of affection. Did you know simply remembering a person's name the next time that you see them, that's a game changer in that relationship. We can do the same thing when learning about getting to know our God. And brethren, we do not have time 
this morning to study every single characteristic uh, or attribute of God this morning. But I would encourage you during your studies to take the time to do so. And as you do that, I hope this makes sense, as you do that more and more, intentionally trying to study his different characteristics and attributes, as you study other things, you will start to see those characteristics come out in those. Just as an example, if you remember our reading earlier in Jeremiah 9 and 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, which is what we were stressing, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Right there you have three attributes of God, loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness. Actually four if you count the fact that he delights in something. Do a word study on those things. We recently had a workshop with with Anthony on how to study the Bible. Use those things we learned to deliberately get to know your God. While doing research for this, I I found a list, and I don't know how accurate this is, could be more or less, of 950 names, titles, or descriptions of God. 950, sorry, 952. That would be an excellent way to get to know your God. Names in the Bible had significant meaning. Brethren, have you ever studied the importance of God stating his name and what that meant? Do you remember that? God appears in a burning bush and, and tells Moses to go lead his people out of bondage. And Moses asked me, he goes, well, what if they ask me your name? God says, you tell them I am that I am. You tell them that I am sent you. Just that one statement. Just that name has so much meaning. He is stating, I am God. I am eternal. I am everlasting. I am Alpha and Omega. I am ever-present. I am all-knowing. I am all-powerful. I am unchanging. There is no other I am. I am that I am. A true study of this one name will and should bring a Christian to their knees in awe. If you know your God. If you hear that declaration and it has zero effect on you, you need to get to know your God. And that's in one name. Abba, Yahweh. How about Creator? Have you ever studied and tried to get to know the Creator? Psalms 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. In Him I will trust my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. Wow. In one verse, you can get to know your God. Your God is your refuge, your shield, stronghold. Your God is a strength and stability, especially when you're not. He is your ally. Brethren, God is your deliverer. What does that mean to you? How is your God your deliverer? Brother, if you know your God, that would mean the world to you. It should bring you to your knees. I encourage you, and this is kind of secondary or maybe in conjunction with studying about God and getting to know Him. Study with fellow Christians. Maybe someone who's been in the faith a little longer than you. Maybe I go study with Tim. And I ask him, what does God, your deliverer, mean to you? Can you explain that to me? I'm trying to know my God that we both serve and love. Brother, first of all, I've known Tim my whole life. 
I don't know how long that conversation would go before he got a little emotional. You would see the knowledge of God. 2 Corinthians 1 and 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforted us in all tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Brethren, we have a number of people in our family who have dealt with loss, dealt with heartache, dealt with disease in themselves and in their spouse, in their child. I assure you, you study with them. Ask one of them what God of comfort means to them. And when you see that emotion, that awe when they talk about praying for their child, brethren, they know they're God. Being here in the assembly, being around fellow Christians and worshiping our God is vital for knowing God. Part of knowing God is loving and obeying God. You know, I always struggle. I struggle to understand when you're studying with someone and the question arises, well, do I have to go to church? You know what they're asking? Do I have to worship God? Do I have to show my love for Him? Do I have to fellowship with the saints and and show love to them? Brethren, if you hear that question, it's not a logistics issue. It's probably not even a doctrinal issue. Brethren, you're dealing with a heart problem. Brethren, are you the one with the heart problem today? Are you failing to put your heart into seeking and knowing your God? Brethren, we as Christians must grow in our faith, and we must move from milk to meat. We must build our relationship with our Heavenly Father, not just because that is what He desires, because that should be what we desire. Like David, our greatest desire should be to be in the presence of our God at all times. And that comes through knowing Him. Because, brothers and sisters, the reality is this. And here's the truth. You can go on about your life and choose not to have God in it. You can choose not to have a relationship with Him and know Him. You can choose not to be like David and long for His presence. But, brethren, there will be a day. You'll grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew 7. Matthew 7, starting in verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but be that, but be that doeth the will of my Father, which is in the heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful things? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. You know, I've always read those verses, and I picture Jesus sitting there in all his majesty, looking down at this person in judgment with full authority, boldly proclaiming, I never knew you. Depart from me. I mean, in almost disgust, almost angered with hell fire judgment. But, brethren, the more I get to know my God, I don't think that's the case. I picture something a little different now. I believe our Lord and Savior could be sitting there hurting, his heart hurting. 
He looks at a lost soul that he died for, that he gave all for, a person he longed to have this relationship with. He looks at this person and he says, I never knew you. There will never be more painful words than that. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine standing before your God and hearing those words? Just having that feeling right now makes me sick. It tears me up inside, brings tears to my eyes thinking about it. To be rejected by my God. Cannot imagine a heartbreak, not to mention the consequences. Have you ever been rejected in a relationship? Has someone ever done you wrong, turned their back on you, Despite your greatest efforts to show them friendship, love. We've all had heartache. We've all had heartbreak in relationships, friendships, one time or another. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to imagine what your God feels on a daily basis when his people refuse to know him. When we refuse to have a relationship with him, when we reject him. God is love, and it is perfect love. The God who gave his son for you, the God that even though he created this massive, beautiful universe, and every person who has ever walked here and every person that ever will walk here created you and still knows the number of hairs on your head, the God that thinks of you every single moment of every single day, and we reject him because we refuse to know him. Brother, and I pray this morning that every one of us is striving to have a relationship with our God, striving to know Him, striving to love Him. If you believe going through the motions is enough, you're wrong. Despite what some people think, God does not want a robot or a slave. Your father wants his child. He wants you, and he wants a relationship with you. Do you know your God this morning? If you're here this morning and have never obeyed the gospel, if you have never been baptized for the remission of your sins, you need to do that this morning. You need to enter into God's kingdom and enter into this beautiful relationship that we talked about this morning. Perhaps you're here this morning and realize, you know, not only do I not know God like I should, quite honestly, I acknowledge I have not been giving it my all. I'm failing as his child. Brother, I'm, I'm here to tell you, You're not alone. There is not a person here who has not found themselves in that same spot at one time or another. And this family is here to support you and to help you, to pray with you, and to love you. If you would like to be baptized or would like the prayers of the church, this family would ask you to please come forward as we stand and sing. Oh,